It is Wednesday, and on Wednesdays, we like to talk wellness with our friend Dr. Michael Roizen of the Cleveland Clinic. Doc, I have to tell you, last week's conversation about uh, what the vaccine can do uh, related to long COVID was one of the most popular on the podcast list. So uh, your information is getting out there, and people really appreciate you spending time with us, sir. We are uh, better and smarter because of you, so thank you. My privilege, and I enjoy it. So anytime, obviously. Well, that's cool. We, and we want and to get... I thought, I, I think we've said this for about uh, three months now, that we're probably going to all get back, get boosters at eight months. And I think that's still true. Yeah, that was the news that came out yesterday that the federal government's going to recommend a booster shot eight months after you got your second shot. So I'm about ready in about, I think, two more months. I think I'm six months into it. Last week, we heard that the Pfizer vaccine lost uh, about 40% of its protection over the course of six months. So when I read that number, I'm interested to keep my protection up. But Doc, even if people are vaccinated, they're still getting, um, there are a lot of breakthrough cases of this uh, Delta variant. Um, is there a real reason if the virus is going to find us that we should actually get the booster shot? Yeah, the, the, the reason they're breakthroughs, we think, is we're not got enough both antibody and T-cell response, and that when you get a higher dose, it will cover that. Now, let me go in. There's, there's a couple of, of key things. One of them is if you get a high enough beta cell, B cell response, you can get plasma cells migrating from uh, the blood to the uh, bone marrow and thus get lifelong protection. That's what we do with the MMR, with the childhood vaccines. When, you, when they turn to plasma cells, you get much longer protection. And the higher dose we th- in... in the early studies looks like it's getting some of the um, individuals to develop plasma cells, which protect long term. So that's a real benefit. Um, but the other thing is that the at least the clinical evidence um, from Israel on the Pfizer vaccine is it looks like they're getting some new infections or some infections in previously vaccinated people. Um, with uh, after about eight months. Hmm. So that's why the booster. And is there any concern in your mind over this Lambda or Portuguese variant? Well, there's always concerns. And you, you just don't, it doesn't look like, it, you know, you can say right now, um, it looks like the vaccine uh, deals with it okay in a very efficient way. And you don't have to worry about it once you've been vaccinated, but you never can say never because you don't know all the mutations that are occurring and whether both the, the, the antibodies and the T cells are going to knock it off. Is there an easy way to check out and see if people have the T cells or the B cells that would then take the, well, uh, the plasma? Well, the B cells create the antibodies. So we measure the antibody levels, but we don't know which, you know, and, and it is tough to to get the neutralizing antibody assay, that's a much more expensive assay. 
The T cells, that's even a research tool that's even much more expensive. Hmm. So okay. the answer is not commonly, but there is a way. Okay. We're talking to Dr. Michael Royzen of the Cleveland Clinic. Go to whenway.com to find out about his books. Doc, uh, Florida is now trying to get Regeneron as a treatment, as a top priority treatment for people who get the virus, and as a prophylaxis. You talked about monoclonal antibodies in the past with me. Is uh, In your estimation, is the... Uh, is the Regeneron monoclonal antibody treatment, is that a, a good idea to push that one? If you could have it. I mean, in other words, what we were doing for a while is as soon as people came down with the symptoms, early on, you could um, send nurses to their home, give them the Regeneron on an infusion, which is what you had to do, and uh, they would get, they would have a much lower risk of having a serious disease. Okay. We still think that's the way to do it. The problem in Florida is the cases have overwhelmed the ability to give Regeneron in that fashion. Meaning, if you gave it to everyone, you, you would quickly run out of the uh, Regeneron, both dosage and the nurses and supplies to give it. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Well, they said they've got a lot of it on shelves and it, it wasn't like first priority, so... Uh, let's see where that we'll keep an eye on. This. It, is, it is a first priority. I mean, literally it is what you want to do. The problem is that you got to give it by infusion, which takes some time. Hmm. It's not like you can, you're, you're getting a quick vaccine jab. I mean, this is taking some time. And then the second problem is knowing who's the, who are the best people to give it in. Cause you don't know who's going to develop the disease. And you don't know who's going to develop long COVID. And so you want to give it to everyone, but there's not enough uh, nursing personnel in the state of Florida to give it to everyone, even to give it to one out of every 10 people in Florida with a positive um, diagnosis. Okay. All right. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Doc, one of the things on your list of research you're keeping an eye on, I don't want to eat up all our time, uh, vaping just once triggers... Something I didn't understand, it's oxidative stress. What, what are we talking about here? So, in other words, inflammation, it, what it's triggering in your lungs. So, what this was, was they looked at um, true vaping versus puffing on an empty straw, sham vaping. And they compared um, a randomized trial, 32 people, and they looked at the free radical damage, the damage that you would get from tobacco, like smoke. And unfortunately, it occurred exactly the same way with vaping as it does with true cigarette tobacco. Hmm. So, and in fact, it was actually at a higher level. Um, this is with uh, commercially e-cigarettes. So um, not a good thing to start. Yeah, I've never been a fan of vaping. Uh, I don't smoke. Not now. I used to smoke a cigar a week on the golf course. I stopped that 20 years ago. But the vaping always looked kind of silly to me. And I've told people, you jump on this, and we don't have great data on it. Now we're starting to see it's not the uh, perfect solution. The best solution is to quit smoking, which is tough. We know. Doc, in your research this week, whenever you have anything related to food, it draws my attention. 
And one of these, number four, what happens if you accidentally eat moldy food? I'm not saying I have moldy food in my refrigerator. I'm asking for a friend. Uh, well, you tell your friend that there is good mold and bad mold. So penicillin is a good mold, and that's somehow, um, but there's a lot of bad mold, and we don't know which it is. Mold gathers in, um, if you will, uh, refrigerators that aren't perfectly clean. So tell your friend to clean his, his or her refrigerator more frequently huh. um, because the mold can cause serious both allergic and chronic inflammatory reactions. Um, so make sure your fridge are kept at the appropriate temperature. Refrigerator 40 degrees Fahrenheit or less, freezing should always be at zero. And then you want to clean it routinely. Um, you know, anytime you see old food in there. If the food starts to get a mold, don't cut it out and try and eat the good stuff because some of the toxins from the mold may have gotten to the rest of the, the, the thing. And you're not just eating mold. Bacteria can cause serious foodborne illnesses such as listeria um, also is associated with things that look like mold on fruits, vegetables, chicken, etc. So you want to keep your refrigerator clean. Um, cleaning the inside every couple of months with a solution of one tablespoon of baking soda in one quart of water and then clean with, with uh, plain water. If you've got a really grungy refrigerator, three teaspoons of bleach in one quart of water is the way to go. Okay. You hear that, my friend? Don't eat the moldy food and clean the fridge more often. Uh, real quickly, like 10 seconds before we get out of here, uh, combining the flu vaccine with the COVID vaccine, good idea or bad idea? Well, it's good from a logistics standpoint. We don't know whether they interfere with one another, whether they supplement one another synergistically, or whether they just are a good way of giving them together. So I'm sure there are studies on it. I haven't seen the studies on it yet. Thank you, my friend. My privilege. Thank you.